This is Pastor Scott. Thank you so much for checking out my sermon podcast from the New Hope Walpolopin Faith, Stairwell, and Slocum United Methodist Churches. We'd love to have you join us some Sunday for worship. To find out more about our locations and worship times, find us on Facebook at New Hope Walpolopin. We hope to see you soon. Today's scripture reading comes from John 8, 31 through 36. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you keep obeying my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone on earth. What do you mean, set free? Jesus replied, I assure you that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So, if the son sets you free, you will indeed be free. The word of God for the people of God. One of the most famous and oft-quoted movie scenes is from the movie A Few Good Men. And just saying that, some of you are like, oh, I don't know what he's talking about. In the movie, Tom Cruise plays Lieutenant, Lieutenant Daniel Cappy, a military lawyer charged with defending two U.S. Marines charged with killing a fellow Marine at the Guantanamo Bay Naval Base in Cuba. Although Cappy is known for seeking plea bargains, a fellow lawyer, Lieutenant Commander Joanne Galloway, played by Demi Moore, convinces him that the accused Marines were most likely carrying out an order from a commanding officer. Cappy takes a risk by calling Colonel Nathan Jessup, played by Jack Nicholson, to the stand in an effort to uncover the conspiracy, setting up one of the most famous movie scenes ever. And in the scene, you see Cappy ask Jessup, you see Cruz ask Nicholson, Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? The judge says, you don't have to answer that question. Nicholson replies, I'll answer the question. You want answers? That was a terrible Jack Nicholson, wasn't it? <laughs> you want answers? And Cruz says, I think I'm entitled to them. And he says again, you want answers? He says, I want the truth. To which Jessup replies, join with me, you can't handle the truth. Well, this morning we are talking about the truth, a little bit. And in today's passage that we just read, Jesus says in, that if you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know what? The truth. And the truth will set you free. In John, Jesus is talking to Jews who had come to believe in him. He's in the synagogue at the time, and he was teaching. And he's talking to them. And this passage is Jesus, he's, he's testing them a little bit. Because it was common at the time for people to follow popular teachers of the day. We see it today, not so much with teachers, but we see it with, with we've seen it a little bit with politics. We'll see it with, with athletes or musicians. Um, you see it with celebrities. I have a Peyton Manning jersey hanging in my closet that's like 10 years old because that's back when the Colts won the Super Bowl. I, I haven't worn it a whole lot since because they've been eh, since then. But I, um, 
but but that happens. You see these people that are like, woo, my team's doing great, and then their team's not doing great. It's just kind of like, you know, so they change their attitudes. But that's what it was. People would follow famous people or popular people of the day because it made them look good, because they were one of their disciples. And so Jesus wanted to make sure that, that they were following him because they, were, they truly believed and weren't just following him because it was the popular thing to do. Jesus also knew, because he was Jesus, that some of these same people would be the very ones that would cry out in a matter of weeks, Crucify him. So Jesus tests them by telling them that if they hold to his teaching, then they are really his disciples. See, at this time, the Jews were, were holding on to a great deal of orthodoxy and tradition. Um, I think part of that was because they were under Roman occupation, and so they were holding on to their as much as they could. For many, they were simply, though, going through the motions, doing what the priests and the Pharisees, if you remember from last week, uh, most of the people didn't read, so they relied on the priests, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law to kind of tell them what the law said. Um, and at times they would kind of interpret the law for them and add extra burdens upon them. And they were doing what their parents and their, their grandparents had been passed along to them. Much of what they're doing was out of routine and out of tradition and out of habit. I think sometimes we as the church have to be careful because this can happen to us too. We go through our weekly program and the things contained. I mean, I remember when I was a kid growing up in the church I grew up in that I knew once we got to like the 54 verses, verses of just as I am, um, you know what I'm talking about, for the altar call, that once that was finally over, and I was a kid, I'm not saying me now, but I was as a kid, I remember like, once this is over, we get to go eat. <laughs> because that's, it was routine, it was tradition. We, I knew that we had to get through this to get to the next thing. And sometimes in church, I think we do that. It's like, oh. Okay, call the worship's done. Oh, there's the opening hymn, the opening prayer. Oh, I hope the sermon's short today. <laughs> but Jesus knew that they were just going through the motions, and so he tested them. And so he's asking them, that's a question for us too, is, is, is are we just going through the motion? Are we truly putting our heart and our soul and our mind into it? And so Jesus says to them, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The people didn't understand this. Their answer to Jesus is like, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be free? <laughs> right over their heads. They, did, they, they completely didn't get it. Because they were thinking back to their history again. And they were like thinking, well, we're not slaves. And this generation hasn't been slaves. Probably multiple generations back, they definitely had been slaves. But not this current generation. But what Jesus was talking about is, that they had become slaves to their routine. What they were doing was simply repeating in word and deed what they'd been taught. They weren't really living what they believed. They were only going through the motions. And Jesus had called them to something different. He didn't want them to just sort of go through the motions. And I think a lot of times we can do the same, uh, both in the church and in life. We read, repeat something that we hear or read. We just go through the motions. And, and it can happen with our life, with our faith. Our faith can just become another routine. It's Sunday morning, we have to go to church. Or even I found myself doing this. I'll get up and I'll read my devotional. I'll be like, amen. And I'll be like, I have no clue what I just read. And some of us do that. And if we're not careful, it becomes another routine. And it, likes, it lacks life. It, it becomes, for lack of a better word, dead. It's, it's emotionless. It's empty. It's fruitless. It's like you know the zombies in those movies, The Walking Dead. We're just kind of going through the motions. And I said this uh, 
at Faith Church, and I'm going to say it, and it's not my intention is not to offend, but have you ever watched yourself sometimes as you're, because I've done it, when you're doing something like the affirmation of faith? I believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. If we're not careful, the things that we do can become just ritual to us, and they can lose their meaning. I'm not picking on anybody, by the way. I'm just saying. But I think that can happen. But the other thing is, though, this can happen for faith that's completely intellectual as well. A faith that stops about right here. The faith that doesn't get to the heart. You know all the stuff, but you don't actually do it. We see that a lot in our world. Um, we see it with, with pastors, uh, famous pastors. We've had a lot of issues recently over the past few years where, where somebody is caught where they have things in their lives because they'll stand up and preach on Sunday mornings which in the way they live they don't practice what they preach it kind of goes back to last week's sermon but Jesus was talking about this because a lot of these people could repeat this stuff they could quote this stuff they knew this stuff it was his issue with the Pharisees the Pharisees knew it it just didn't mean anything it stopped right here I once had a conversation with someone when I was living near Philadelphia and uh, he was the cousin of somebody, a volunteer, one of the volunteer pastors from the church I was serving. I was the associate pastor there. And we were outside the school waiting for our kids to get out. And we were talking. And he had he'd come to Bible study a couple times that the other pastor had led. And um, so we, I don't even remember how the conversation happened. And I talked about something about how we were supposed to, to live our faith. Like it was supposed to be like an all, all the time sort of thing. And he looked at me straight faced and said, you mean we're not supposed to just do that stuff on Sundays? <laughs> supposed to just do that stuff on Sundays, just in case you needed to hear that. But, but see, Jesus tells the followers instead that they need to have a living faith, a faith that's alive, a faith that's active and vibrant, that will show them the truth, and the truth will set them free. What he's saying is by living what they know, their faith will come alive. Knowing about repentance, grace, forgiveness, love is one thing. To live repentance, grace, forgiveness, and love in this world is an entirely different thing. It's, it's then that we'll become to better understand it as we start to see our faith and our belief put into action. As we interact with the people around us, all of these things, all of these beliefs will become living and breathing realities for us. Do you want to understand grace and forgiveness? Forgive somebody. Show somebody grace. And realize what God has done for us. But see, right now in our world, the problem is that the truth often depends on who you're talking to. It depends on the website you're reading. It depends on, on the news you're listening to or, or what your news source is. How many times have we heard the same story told about 50 different ways? Because the truth in our world is relative. How many times have we seen stories made up, stories that are exaggerated? It even happens in Christianity where we, we can read the same passage of Scripture and somebody can take it and twist it. One of the most often misused ones is the one that I have in my arm, and I'm not showing up. Is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. And I shared this this week. There's a picture of a man trying to open a pickle jar, and his wife's standing there. And his, he's like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. His wife says, twist the lid, not scripture, honey. <laughs> the thing is, if we ever wonder what the truth is, the truth is Jesus. 
If you want to know what Jesus says, read what Jesus says. If you want to live like Jesus lived, live like Jesus lived. Don't live like I tell you Jesus lived. Learn how Jesus lived and live that way. Read your Bible. Pray. Don't simply regurgitate what I or, or fast pastors who are more famous than me or somebody who teaches a Bible study or, or somebody popular or somebody you know. Don't just regurgitate what somebody else says. Know it for yourself. Let it become your own faith. Don't live or accept a secondhand faith. Live your faith for yourself. Follow Jesus, then you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Another problem in our world right now, though, there are many that are living as slaves, as Jesus talks about. They won't admit it, but they have masters who they serve. They long to be free, but they're not because they're slaves to sin. They don't know the truth. They don't know who Jesus is. In verse 34, Jesus replied, Verily, truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. In order for us to truly be free, we have to let go of the sins in our lives. And I'm not just talking about the Ten Commandments stuff. I'm talking about the things that we don't talk about. I'm talking about the stuff we kind of keep to ourselves. I'm talking about the stuff that we kind of, I didn't see that. The stuff that we cover our ears or we cover our eyes or the stuff that we don't speak about. The things that we don't think it's a big deal or the things that nobody's going to notice or see. The words that we say about somebody else. How we treat people we don't like. Judging people without really getting to know them. I often think it's these little sins that are the biggest threat to Christians today. We know the big stuff. When's the last time you killed somebody? If, if that's true, don't raise your hand, please. I don't want to know. No, I don't want to be an accomplice or called as a witness. No, but when look, think about the Ten Commandments. But I once heard a pastor say, what about if we think about the Ten Commandments differently? Okay, maybe you didn't kill somebody, but did you kill their self-esteem? Did you kill their reputation? We need to think about these things differently. We need to look at how we treat the people who we live in this world with. And I bring a lot of this up because I'm worried about what's going to happen on Tuesday. And I'm not going to go there, go there. But with this election coming up and how people have treated people who disagree with them. It's, it's pretty sad. And, and I'm talking on both sides of the aisle. We need to realize that we are all children of God, even the people we don't agree with, even the people who look different than us, that vote differently than us. As we approach this, I encourage all of you and all of us to speak the truth, the love, the peace, the grace that comes from Jesus. And we need to repent, to turn away from the sin that we allow to get into our lives, even the small stuff. And we need to let Christ work through us and in us. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and do a little bit of house cleaning. Because Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And this is my prayer for us this morning. Is that each and every one of us would know the Son. And that we would allow the Son to set us free from anything that keeps us as a slave whether it's sin, whether it's the things of this world, 
the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Let us pray. Dear God, we come to you this morning, and we thank you for the freedom that we can find through Christ. We just ask if there's anybody here this morning that doesn't know that freedom, that they would come to find it. We also want to take that to the world around us and let others that we know that seem to be slaves to, to this world or to secret sin or the things in their lives that would be an example of what that freedom is that they could find if they would just come to believe. Just thank you and praise you and ask this in Jesus' name.